This is a podcast about women who do themselves. And this is the very first episode of the show. I'm so happy you joined me. Menage a moi gives you the who, what, when, where, why, and how about masturbation. As I, Chelsea, engage in in-depth conversations with my guests. We talk about all the things that never come up, i.e. your own pleasure, with your own damn self. This is not a show to jerk off to, but you may get a little tingly, and that's okay with me. My first guest is Jessa, and she's an absolute delight. I hope you enjoy her company as much as I did. See you on the other side. Maybe we could have started this in college if we had gone together. We could have started the <laughs> podcast, the whole train, and just ridden it to success, but artistry, which is more important than success, which actually is success Yes, in its own way. It's true. It's true. <laughs> My name is Jessa, and I am 36 years old. I work in education. I do academic affairs at a graduate school of professional psychology. I'm one, I feel like I'm one of those few people who's very lucky to have found a job that where, where I really love the work. Have you, uh, have you ever been bored at work and, and masturbated at work? Not at my current job. Not at my current job, but I have at previous jobs. That weren't actually. so exciting. Yeah. Your mind got to wander <laughs> a little bit more. Like, well, you know. Well, and as, as the course of my adulthood has progressed, in the places where I was working in my 20s, I would go into my boss's office when they weren't there. Get on the couch. It was comfy. Mm-hmm. You're bored. Whatever. Exactly. I feel like the the more you like your job, the less you get to do stuff like that. But <laughs> so in my twenties, yeah, I had lots yeah. of jobs where I I made that a priority. Yeah. I'm I'm so happy you responded to my call for uh, people to to come talk on this podcast. Well, I'll, what drew me to respond to your call was an extension of my thoughts and feelings about masturbation, which is that it's great. It's really healthy. It feels amazing. Um, Pretty much everyone does it except for the people who, of course, don't do it. Um, I know who are. Well, it's so unclear who. And this was one of the reasons I wanted to start talking about it more openly. I kind of assume all my friends do it, but we don't really talk about it. I don't know what what women do and what women don't actually. That's really that's really the case. Is that male masturbation is such a you assume every man does it, and 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 it's and it's so prevalent in TV and movies and books, whatever people on podcasts people talk about it. And there's I, I don't necessarily feel like female masturbation has stigma associated with it and maybe that's an effect of living in my liberal bubble I'm, I'm sure that in places in america there there is stigma attached to female masturbation but but in my uh world and in the media i encounter i don't i don't get a sense of stigma i just get a sense of absence i totally agree stigma itself <laughs> when it comes up at least in my circles it also seems like people are ready to talk about it you started masturbating at an early age. Yeah. So 
did you, well, I want to hear more about how that happened, but then also did you tell your friends this new magical superpower you discovered or? You know, I didn't actually. Um, and it's weird because it, it wasn't something that I felt, I, I didn't feel personally shamed about it. I grew up in a really sex positive household. I mean, I mean, I wasn't, my parents didn't talk to me about masturbation specifically that I can recall, but I was that kid who in preschool said, you have a penis and you have a vagina. Um, and I, my mom tells a story about where a parent called her and complained, but... You didn't just call them privates? No. <laughs> that's no, good. That's not... <laughs> that's healthy. That's not what they're called. Although I do remember in the shower, wash your private parts. Right. But <laughs> penis, vagina. And... Uh, so yeah, but I don't but I don't remember ever talking about it with my parents. Although I think if I had they wouldn't have I mean they may, they might have felt uncomfortable, but I don't think they would have shied away from the topic. Now that being said, I don't know that I would, you know, want to sit down and talk to them about masturbation, my masturbation habits and theirs right now. You won't play this interview for them. You know, shockingly. <laughs> Maybe when they're a little bit older and they yeah. could really use some more excitement in their <laughs> lives. Yeah, I yeah, I started I started masturbating at probably got maybe like six, five, six, seven. And you probably didn't you didn't even know what you were doing. It no, just felt good. It just felt good. Well, and it was very in in the limited conversations that I've had with other female friends about when we started masturbating and how we did it. Uh, my masturbation technique as a child was to I would take all of my doll clothes and I would stuff them up under my shirt or my nightgown at night and sort of, I think, pretend to be pregnant in a way. Sexy. As a four-year-old, <laughs> very, very. Um, but, but somehow that morphed into taking the doll clothes and eventually not doll clothes, but other pieces of fabric or material and turning over and balling them up and rubbing against them. So I never f physically, I, I never used my fingers right. to stimulate anything. It was always humping a towel, humping or, and as, as a kid, a washcloth, cause that was the biggest, just the tools available of fabric to you. I needed just that little square. And I remember, you know, I would ask <laughs> I, and I think this probably started at seven or eight. I would ask my parents, can I have a washcloth? Like at, at night. <laughs> this is your 10th washcloth of the day, honey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> can I have a washcloth to sleep with? And I don't know to this day, did they figure it out? Right. Well, they must have walked in on me at some point. Yeah. But, but there were other times. And as, and as a young kid, I, I would experiment with rubbing against different things. So I remember being on the playground at recess, and it must have been second or third grade because it was when I was still in Alaska, being inside, the, they had stacks of tires that kids could climb on and crawl into. And I remember crawling inside the stacks of tires and sort of angling my body to rub up against the rubber of the tires while everyone played around me. It was very... Uh, <laughs> Again, very sexy. <laughs> and so as your consciousness grew about your own body and your own sexuality, more like adolescence, how did, did you continue to do that? I mean, how did it then lead to, you know, your first interaction with another person? And did it, did you feel like it informed that in any way? Or well, were I, they two very separate things? Hmm. Because I feel like for some people, they, they are and they will always be. Yeah. That's actually a really good question. 
Yes. I, I mean, I definitely, from the time I started regularly masturbating, I kept masturbating very, I mean, every day, maybe every other day, but I mean, very, very regularly. Um, when I started entering puberty, I began to masturbate to material and books in particular. Um, uh, what, the, what kind of books? The Claiming of Sleeping Beauty by A.N. Rokalore, which is Anne Rice's soft, well, actually, it's pretty hardcore porn pseudonym. It's, it takes the Sleeping Beauty story. It's a trilogy. And it's all, I mean, there's sex slaves and BDSM, but it's also, you know, there's some weird feminist pieces, but mostly it's very, very BDSM. But, but there are female and male sex slaves. That was the first, um, really hardcore, uh, gay sex scenes that I had ever read. Um, well, bi- and this bisexual. is when you're an early, you know, like 13, 14 yeah, or younger, okay. maybe 11 or 12. That's great. So much yeah. better than what I was reading. <laughs> I don't know what I was reading. Ranger well, Rick still probably like fanfic okay. online, which is very Sailor Moon fanfic. Very so you were already sexy. online then? You're way more advanced than me. I, yeah, we, uh, well, actually we had family friends who had the internet. So when we visited these friends, I would go online at their house and get the fan fiction as a teenager. So wow. Like probably 13 or 14. So it was it was still dial up. So it was it took a long time to get that Sailor Moon fanfic, but boy was it worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I I began masturbating to to reading, reading reading stuff and, you know, of course eventually sexy movies. I mean, this was well before there was widely available porn. But we did get the internet in our house in the mid-90s as well. And I started going on to, um, was it IRC? If you, it's a really old, it's, I think it predates AOL chat rooms. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's a chat function. And I would cyber sex with, wow. gosh knows how many. And then I would start email relationships. With, so this is before you had like, of actual physical sexual yes. life. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I think I, I first had actual sex. Actual sex. I, I had I've, I had my first penetrative sexual experience. I think I was 17. Okay. And I was engaging in cyber sex from 15, I think. So you're like, I'm so ready for this. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. IRL. And I was, I was so ready to have sex. And I never, ever thought to myself... I must have thought this to myself at one point, but from the time I was a teenager on, I never had the idea that my first sexual experience with another person needed to be a romantic um, connection. No candles. Or, yeah, or, or even someone I knew well. Right. You know, I just really had, you know, sex is what you make of it. And I think I, I told my little sister this when I was 17 or 18 sex for me sex was what you make of it it can be romantic. that's great advice from an older sister connection if you want it to be if you need it to be if you'd like it to be but it doesn't have to be it's also this physical thing that we've all been doing i mean sex and masturbation it's this physical thing that humans have been doing since we've been humans so it can it can have as much or as little importance as you want to as you want to give it that's highly evolved thinking oh well well thank you (laughs) I think the person I I lost my virginity to was somebody I met in that online sex chat room. Somebody a couple of years older than me 
we had sex twice and we didn't date and that was it. Right. But all of that, all of my masturbation habits and patterns had taught me exactly what felt good and what I wanted. And it also conditioned me to orgasm very quickly. That's good when you're having sex with young men. Yeah. 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 <laughs> In my own experience, I, I masturbated a ton as a teenager and a young person. And then when it came time to being with boys, I accepted a lot of bad touching. I had to get more confident to then take what I learned from masturbation and, and apply it to, you know, someone else touching well, and I me. I think part of that, too, of course, is the social aspect of it. Right. You know, because it's, it's not just the physicality of what you're doing with somebody else. It's also the, the emotional part. Right. Or wh whatever emotion you give it. I was very comfortable with masturbating. I was very comfortable with sex. I also really wanted a romantic relationship. I really wanted a boyfriend. And I, but I went about trying to find a boyfriend by finding someone to have sex with and then hey, are we compatible? Can we date? I became a very savvy Craigslist person. Um, after you spend a lot of time interacting in anonymous online forums, I feel like you can get a sense of how to weed out creeps, people who are there to take advantage of you, people who are going to be dangerous. Mm -hmm. There's certain levels of measures you can take to verify them before you meet them. I would post very specific ads online. This is what I'm looking for. I want you to come over. We're going to have a glass of wine. We're going to fuck. And then you're going to go. And I did that 20, 25, 30 times over my 20s. I always knew physically exactly what I wanted. And emotionally, I didn't know what I wanted. But I don't think that was a... But I, but I felt entitled to get what I wanted physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Because I knew what I needed physically. And I could give it to myself. And I could get it from these people. Being in the position of someone who it sounds like can get sex whenever they want, which is awesome. I've never felt like that myself. Did you still want to masturbate? I mean, does that end up taking the place of kind of spending that time with yourself? How do those two things work together? For all of that time, I did masturbate constantly while I was still doing that. I would go through periods where I would seek out sex um, and again, even though I, I wanted to have a relationship, I didn't necessarily feel like I had the time or the energy or perhaps the, the social wherewithal to, to develop and maintain a relationship. When I wanted to have sex with someone else, I would seek it out. But all the time, I would want to have sex with myself. Right. So even through my 20s, I would masturbate probably every day. And then on weekends, there would be days where it was like five six seven times i'd just stay in bed all day yeah well and in my late 20 mid mid 20s late 20s you know now all of the free streaming porn is on. right so you can really pick and choose what gets you off well i wanted to get back to that actually because you it sounded like you had such a a, a a full early experience of the internet um in a way i didn't i was kind of still trying to watch the Spice Channel, which we didn't subscribe to, and seeing like a swinging nipple <laughs> in the squiggle. There's something now that feels like, I don't know whether I'm just older and grumpy and like, oh, you kids can get anything you want now. But there's something that was kind of great about having to use your imagination a little bit more and not just seeing everything 
or anything immediately. Completely agree. And on the one hand, yeah, it's been great. Like, hey, I want to watch... I want to watch a specific type of sex, a specific thing. I can find it. Great. But in in the past couple of years, when I have, because I've saved a lot of my masturbatory reading material from my teenage years. So I've gone back at home and I've um, read it and tried to masturbate to it. And it's much harder because I, I was used to using my imagination and it does feel totally, totally different. It, it feels like much more of a challenge. But then it also sort of feels more gratifying. I take breaks from looking at pornography and using my own imagination is it's a nice way to kind of see where your fantasies take you. haven't tried balling up a towel and humping it it's really really great and it it stimulates the whole area um so not just the clit and it, it it's not too at this point if i try stimulating my clit with my fingers it's almost too much stimulation because mm-hmm. i'm used to this sort of uh spread out sensation um but you you get the thighs into it you get the pelvis into it and it 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 feels it, it it feels to me, once I started having sex, it feels to me more like actual sex. So so I wonder maybe it would be helpful for ladies who don't necessarily enjoy the physical act of sex. Maybe it's it's painful or awkward for them. Um, maybe doing the towel method would help. Yeah. But I don't know. The towel <laughs> method. The towel method. Patented towel method. <laughs> I mean, or people that aren't comfortable getting like a vi I mean a vibrator or something and I think there are maybe a lot I mean even though it seems like it's a pretty vanilla thing to do just to have a little vibrator but I think there maybe is still you know are still some women that are uncomfortable with that idea well I think um this was this was always this was never an issue for me but but for women who you know don't get wet enough or for women who do have very tight you know vaginal areas that's really horrible terminology vaginal area. your <laughs> vaginal area is tight but you know it really can be un- uncomfortable or painful i'm very fortunate that i never had that issue it was, right. it was penetrating myself with an object or with someone's penis was never painful for me and so vi- i've 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 had vibrators i've had dildos they don't really do it for me because this sounds terrible. When they're penetrating, they're not big enough. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so used to that whole area sensation. You've been spoiled by the, the towel. towel. It's the, t- <laughs> it's the, it's the, the warm Do you ever tell towel. your lovers to be more like a towel? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually, I, I am, I have um, turned my boyfriend over and humped him like a towel, and he really gets off on it. That's fantastic. Yeah, he really enjoys it, and I do too. Yeah. I mean, that's a we're we're not going to give too much time to male masturbation. But are you as positive about male masturbation as you are female masturbation? Because that can sometimes be, especially if you really want to have sex and then they already this is this has been a problem for me at times. And I'm like, Like, why did you do that? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's weird, right? And there, who knows why? I mean, at this point in my life, my libido is the lowest it's ever been. So that sucks for me. It sucks for my boyfriend. Um, but yeah, I, uh, 
I'm very, but, but actually to your question, um, it sucks for me and my boyfriend because we don't have sex as much as he would like or as much as I would like to like. In um, your in your own vision of yourself. Yeah, like like I want to have a healthy sexual relationship. And I know that having sex and being intimate is a part or can be a part of having a healthy, loving relationship. And I want to uphold my end of that. And right now, I'm not. So a good way for me to su- be supportive of my partner is to encourage him to masturbate as much as he wants don't make him feel bad about it and so i you that's usually the route i take and when we first got together he grew up in a very sex shaming environment Mm. um and which still has effects on him today um so he he was initially very hesitant about talking about masturbation masturbating in front of me now i'm happy to say that he's very comfortable asking me to help him or just letting me know that he's going to do it. Do you guys ever do it together, you know, at the same time? No. Yeah. No. And and I've thought about, there have been times that I have masturbated while, like, he's been asleep. And I've gone out to the living room mm-hmm. and masturbated. Um, and that's that's a little weird. For some reason, I do feel sh- shy. Or maybe it's just because for so long... Me and my towel were together, just us. <laughs> and that's, I've thought a lot about that. Like, why, why should I feel, I, I have such a positive outlook on it. I'm not ashamed of it. So what is it that, and I know he would like to watch. So why, maybe I'll go home and do that tonight. Try it out tonight yeah. and then give me a follow-up interview. Yeah. <laughs> he would be really happy about it. <laughs> when my boyfriend's out of town, um, I'll, 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 I almost always masturbate. Um, but lately I've been masturbating when he's asleep. Right. Don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to return to. It feels very familiar. It, it feels really familiar. It feels like great because it's so familiar. When the partner's away, it can sometimes feel like, oh, oh, we're finally alone now. Yeah. <laughs> I have a date with myself. Yes. And it's just this kind of getting to know yourself, especially if you're doing it infrequently. And then it feels kind of like, you know, this. It's like a luxury. Exactly. It's like a spa day. Yeah. Me and my towel. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a special towel that you keep somewhere in the. Okay. I don't. I don't. But I have experimented with different, you know, widths, weaves, different piles, uh huh, different uh, weights. Of fabric, there's some that are much better. What are what are the others. what's what's your favorite? Really, fabric? Just, just a regular towel, not a bath. Ta- I mean, not a not a beach towel, right. not a hand towel, um, a regular cotton towel that you've had for maybe ten years. It's been through the wash a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. It's easy to shape and mold into the exact shape that you want it. Um, you know, trying it. Trying to masturbate with a comforter, that's too bulky. Too bulky. Trying to masturbate with a Turkish towel, too thin. <laughs> I do remember in dire straits when I was a teenager, preteen, I, I have a beloved stuffed animal that I would sleep with every night and really j- just sleep with every night. There were a few times when I used my Started stuffed animal and I felt I felt bad afterwards. That's a what bit. stuff I think that's mostly what kids use stuffed animals for. But I, I felt I, I would apologize. I, I'm sorry. I <laughs> it's okay. You know, don't don't worry. It's gonna be it's gonna be all right. <laughs> what was his name? Tiger. 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 He he was okay. He forgave me. He understood. Okay. Tiger Good. understood. Mm-hmm. 
featured on Menage a Moi is by Annie Rossi. That's A-N-N-I. You can check us out on the web at menageamois.org and on Instagram at menageamoispod. I will talk to you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>